the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bible tells us there is wisdom in a multitude of counsel, and that is so very true. We're taking a look at the burden of addressing controversies today, understanding how to go about judging righteous judgments. Join us. And this is Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan from Grace Bible Church in Hayward online at grace-bible.com. Our study is called Judge Righteous Judgment. It's out of our series, Arise, Move, and Go. We're looking at Exodus 18 today, verses 13 through 27. It's there that we catch up with Pastor Jesse as we focus in on the blessing of counsel to organize. In other words, good, wise counsel will come in a multitude of counsel, but it'll do so in an organized fashion. For the details, let's catch up with Pastor Jesse on today's Way of Grace. Let me begin to work through these very important points. They're very important. The first one is the burden of addressing controversies. The burden of addressing controversy. Now, I don't like controversy. Do you? I am not a drama king. I'm certainly not a queen, but I'm definitely not a drama king. I, I have to deal with drama. Maybe I should have figured that out while I was having children, because having children is a drama-oriented task. But I don't particularly care for drama, but I have to manage drama. And whenever you're in a position of authority, you have to manage drama. Again, I'm bleeding over into our marriage class because we are so unclear on how to be aware of the scope of our responsibilities. Our job is management. Our job is not control. And what I love about what's going on in our text is it'll teach you that if you follow your Bible carefully, God is not constantly exercising control. He's engaging management. He's bringing team players to the forefront and say, can you manage that? I'll give you everything you need to manage it. Do y'all see it right here? Right. So I'm trying to help you. God is not so insecure in himself. He got to control everything. No. And you'll see that in the text. I love this because Moses made it very clear. The people are now coming to him about the hard questions and he's going to God and then he's going to bring the message back to a delegated authority so they can begin to negotiate the minutia and the uh, acute details of life on the ground with the people. Do you know what that means? That means everybody in this political structure that's being developed has to have a level of integrity and sincerity about making sure this thing functions. Did that come home? That means everybody has to be operating at the level of a vertical knowledge of God 
and that God would deposit to us when we follow the proper mechanisms what is necessary as policy and protocol to get along as a society. I mean, we could sit here for a long time and think through all of the kinds of questions that a bunch of slaves who have been moved out of a territory that they're used to for 430 years, they're in the middle of the desert. They're in the middle of the desert in between where they were and where they're going. And they have to actually manage themselves as they make their way to glory, to the promised land. Y'all keeping up with what I'm saying? I mean, they wouldn't make it if they're just sitting around exercising arbitrary will and arbitrary decisions. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. They'd be just like a bunch of cats in the wilderness. They'd never make it. Therefore, what we understand is, is when we're thinking properly, every one of us know that the best way for us to function as a collective is with order and clarity and insight. Everybody knows you've got to have order. You have to have order. Once there's no order in the house, the devil is present. Right? God is a God of order. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 14. As are all of his faithful churches. Now, you running around in churches where they're chaotic and, and mayhem and foolishness is going on. God's not in that. God is a God of order. And he's going to have order. And he's going to have structure. And he's going to have protocols and he's going to help you to know how to live as fully as you possibly can within the parameters of your calling. Now, that's going to require cooperation. I'm back at the marriage series, am I not? It's going to require communication. I'm back there again. It's going to require collaboration and cultivation. Are we back there? Right, because you and I live in the last covenant paradigm. Christ is ahead. We're the body. And this covenant paradigm is being commended by God to the whole world. I mean, if we could take the Bible and give it to a nation and they properly have a relationship with God at the spiritual level, their nation could be transformed, could it not? But see, you and I have a real problem in America. We've thrown away the Constitution. We have destroyed the boundaries. We have removed the old landmarks. And now every pagan demon is running up inside our family and disrupting the identity of the family at the larger holistic political and social level. I'm making some sense. Am I making some sense? Now we got all kind of crazy churches going on. And when I use the word churches, I'm using it in the generic form. I mean, all kind of communities gathering together under all kind of weird and bizarre ideologies. Strange. This is what we call the Neo-Babylonian syndrome. Everybody got a tongue, a dream, a vision, a revelation. And what God is doing with Israel is making sure that they don't disintegrate into what we are disintegrating into. Right. It's making sense, isn't it? All right. Let's let's appreciate uh, point number one, the burden of uh, of addressing issues verses 14 through 16. Then we're going to quickly look at the two sub points and go on. Uh, verse 14, and when Moses' father-in-law saw what he had did, he said, what is this thing you are doing uh, to the people? Why are you sitting yourself alone and all the people stand by thee from morning to evening? Now, if, I don't, if that's not socialism, I don't know what it is. See, you're going to miss that one too. Yeah. When your society turns socialist and it doesn't have a healthy structure with proper stratification and, and, and bylaws, the lines are always long. And the, and the service is always poor. 
Am I making some sense? I'm going to bring it home. I don't care what you think. I'm bringing it home. It's coming home because this is the word of the living God. The Bible is God's wisdom and it maps on everything going on in our world. When the lines get too long, that means your policies are jacked up. <laughs> and I love this Jethro. What a name. Takes me back to, to the Clampets. You know, I remember them? Jethro. That name never came up for me when it came to naming my children. I was not going to name I like the word Jade. Y'all can see why. But Jethro was not going to be a name for two brothers growing up in the hood. I mean, I guess they could have survived. I guess they could have survived, but no. Jethro is cool. There's some real insights we get from Jethro. Jethro knew God. It's very evident to me that he did. And Jethro knew God without having to be part of the cultic people of the Hebrew Israelites. Because God saves whom he wants to, when he wants to, from where he wants to. And he often will give them wisdom that we, the people of God, collectively don't have. A lot of times he got to bring wisdom in from somewhere else. This is why you got to know God is not a respecter of persons. He'll give wisdom to who he wants to. And then he'll tell you, you need to be humble enough to receive that wisdom. No matter who the brother or sister is, open your ears and get this counsel. Because sound counsel and sound wisdom, according to Proverbs, is from God. I, all right, I'm, I'm going to, this is a prophetic word. Just right here, because I think that the only way our nation is going to be corrected is a kind of Jethro coming in having the impact upon the foolishness of our government because we're given over to such idolatry that is going to require a wisdom that doesn't even come from the church because the church has abandoned the wisdom of God. It's going to have to come from somebody else that knows God in a way in which God had prepared them, protected them, and hid them so when he shows up, we might listen to him. I'm just praying that it's not a robot. I'll get there in a moment. I'll get there in a moment. I'll get there in a moment. You'll see why I'm going to get there in a moment. Now, you know I'm laughing, but you know I'm not laughing. I'll get there in a moment. I'll show you what I'm saying. Look at what he says over in verse 15. Verse 15 says, if we can keep going, if we can get there, there's a text. It's holding up. All right. Verse 15 in our text says, and Moses said unto his father-in-law, because the people come unto me to inquire of God. That's remarkable. When they have a matter, they come unto me and I judge between one and another. And I do make them know the statutes of God and his laws. His, his, Moses' father-in-law said unto him, the thing that you do is not good. Whoa. Right. So this is really a fascinating idea that's going on here. So under point number one, sub point A, they sought wise counsel of Moses. What they were doing was right. Jethro wasn't saying what the people was doing was wrong. The proverb says it very clearly, Proverbs chapter 11, verse four, and the multitude of counselors, their safety. And in another place, it will say that um, without counsel, purposes are destroyed. And this is a pathology for a lot of us in America where we act out of whim and impulse. And we don't seek counsel. It means that we're operating out of levels of pride and arrogance. 
when we just do what we want to do. Now, a humble person is going to always try to vet and verify their notions or their views with somebody they feel is qualified to be as objective necessarily as possible to make sure that we're just not going off on some rabbit trail. Does that make some sense? Wise people will seek counsel. That's just necessary. We'll see that in a moment. So there is Count, there is safety, salvation in the multitude of counselors. So these people are doing the right thing. Besides, they're trying to figure out how to engage as a free and new people without the tyranny of Pharaoh beating down on them at every acute level, which is what you're getting right now in your country. They're telling you what to do at every level. Like they're telling you how to think. If that's not over the top, I don't know what is. You can't think the way you think. Shh, don't think that way. How insane is that? If that's not a false God-like syndrome, I don't know what is. Listen carefully. I was talking to a young man today, and this was a question brought up in our Friday study. Can the devil know your thoughts? No. He can only guesstimate and calculate by your behavior and your pathology how you will act because he is a sociologist. He is a scientist. He's a philosopher. He's a quasi theologian, but he never can enter into you unless you're lost. If you're lost, even when he enters in the sphere and rim that he cannot negotiate is your conscious. That domain is between you and God alone. Did you hear me? Only you and God know your thoughts. Only you and God know your thoughts. The enemy will know your impulses. He will know your actions. This is what these disciplines of sociology and science are about. They watch human behavior. And many of them are inspired by the enemy, the devil, because they are secular, humanist, atheist, agnostic, and very demonic in their agenda in terms of managing humanity. And a lot of them we go to for help. And that's okay, because if they figured out how stupid you are and you haven't figured it out, pay them the $100 to tell you why you're being stupid. And then stop being stupid and go back to God and pray and say, Lord, I'm sorry for being stupid and get back to the Bible. (laughs) Yes, yes, because we can be stupid. Um, What you are looking at in the text is a man from the outside being able to see a fundamental weakness a fundamental weakness. So the people are coming to Moses and they're coming to Moses so that Moses can give them all the answers. Isn't that right? Right. That's right and wrong. This is what we're about to see. I want this to come home. This is right and wrong. Moses can't possibly give them all the answers. But in his attempt to do so, he is actually affirming a fundamental truth. So point B, Moses sought the wise counsel of God, did he not? So they came to me, I go to God. Now this, ladies and gentlemen, let me help you understand what this, I told you earlier what this constitutes. This constitutes a hierarchy of authority, like parents over children, and then adults being governed by other um, God-ordained authorities in our life. We would love for all of our politicians to go to God for the answers, wouldn't we? Right? We would love for them to go to God for, for the answers. And, uh, and so that hierarchy is quasi-legitimate. Here's, here's the big problem that's getting ready to be dealt with by Jethro. Are you ready? Here's the big problem. They're coming to Moses. 
when they should be going to God first. See, I set you up for that. And here's the reason why. Please listen to me. Here's the reason why. When you actually can default to always going to a human being for your problems, you, you inadvertently force those human beings to become God. Did that come home? Right. You inadvertently force those human beings to become God. And so while Moses is trying to do the best he can, I love this because a minute ago, as I shared with you, Moses, all he got from them was complaint, threats, you know, suicide, all that. Now, all of a sudden they're they're loving on Moses. Well, you have to because Moses was an 80 year old brother hanging out in the wilderness, tending sheep and saw the glory of God the person of the Lord Jesus speaking out of the burning bush. That was Jesus. Okay. And he submitted to the mandate to go in and get his people. But that wasn't Moses's problem. That was God's problem. Moses couldn't hear those people complaining and, 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 and moaning and groaning about the oppression and tyranny of Pharaoh. Moses was living a perfectly good wife with his wife and kids on the backside, running a business, selling cheap. But once he saw the glory of God and it drew him in, and that's what the glory of God is designed to do, draw you in. God brought Moses into his own story. And now Moses' story becomes God's story. And now Moses has to represent God. And remember, Moses didn't want to do it. He said, what? No, no. Pharaoh, he's the greatest king on earth. Do you know what he does to people that look at him the wrong way? Man, I've been on the backside of this desert for 40 years enjoying life. He went to the desert at 40. God called him at 80. Now, he's pretty old now. And he's going to get an assignment like this. Now, see, this is where I'm saying we need to pray because we got these crazy presidents that's 80 plus years old. I'm telling you, the, the law of diminishing returns, we got some problems here. Help, Lord. Help. Okay. I look. You got to be specially anointed by God to do it at 80. And when the anointing ain't on you at 80, we got problems. All right, we roll in these balls and, you know, mutiny on the bounty. Y'all remember that? We got problems when you're that old because God uses young people to deal with massively sociological problems because young people can bear it psychologically, emotionally, and physiologically. Does that make sense? But here Moses didn't want to do it because he was fine. And God says, no, you're going. And Moses says, listen, I can't talk. My tongue is slow. I, you know, I don't. My own people kicked me out. Remember that? They were the ones who sold him out. Fauci, there you go. And so he had to leave. So, so, um, you know, Moses don't know if he's going to be cool with the people. And then here's what God does. All right, go get your brother. Now his brother's 83. That's the next level. You got these two old cats, old cats walking up the Pharaoh. And, 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 and Moses didn't want to do it. God said, take that stick you got. I know you're old and crippled. Take the stick. I can work with a stick. Right? And, and God did some amazing things. And, and that's how God works. He, he, he knows how to confound the wise with foolish things. And, and the people figured out in a year that Mo, Moses and Aaron were serious about Yahweh. Because all of Egypt was completely tore up. They walked out in a high hand. Now, they following Moses, but they not trusted him. 
But when that rod rises up and that Red Sea opens up, they go, oh, there may be something in that rod. And that rod rises up and it smites a rock and the water comes out. They say, man, that brother got a cool rod, but can I get one of them, right? And then when that rod is used to actually guide Israel into battle and win, they realize now that God has called them to be a nation because they came from a group of enemies. They won a war against a group of enemies and God's still with them. Am I making some sense? See, God knows how to slowly persuade you that he is with you. He is Jehovah Shammah, the Lord that is with you. I will never leave you. I will not forsake you, but I will train you. I will teach you how to trust the Lord. And that's what's going on here. That's really what's going on. And, and God will do that in our homes. I'm just telling you, I've been married a long time. I, I needed signs and wonders in my household, especially when I was broke. How many of you guys ever saw God come through with signs and wonders? I can tell you how God worked with poor folk. With poor folk, God comes through. Now, once you start having some money, you got to do the right thing, okay? There's a whole nother structure in God maintaining your money once you have it, okay? And, and we're in that problem right now. I, 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 don't, I, I better not go there. I better not go there. I'll wait for another text to go there on the economy. I'll, I'll find another one. I don't know where I'm going to do it. I'll find it down the line. We got about seven more encampments to go. I'm sure we'll find one where we'll be looking at the parallels between where we are and the loss of our economy because we're on our way to hell and, and where God would have us to be as a nation, nation with so many resources. Okay, but what God is doing is disciplining us because of our rebellion against him. He knows how to cut the faucet off. Doesn't he know how to cut? He knows how to cut the heat off, too. He knows how to cut the lights off. He knows how to cut them off and get your attention. And so what we see here in our text is a a, a beautiful uh, illustration of Moses being drawn in to be a, a kind of father figure and God to them. But the problem with this is that. What Moses has done is collapsed into a kind of pseudo God position. <clears throat> They're actually replacing Pharaoh with Moses. Did that come home? They're replacing Pharaoh with Moses. And, and when you and when you do that, all you're doing is changing one set of tyrannies to another. That's true. That's how that often happens in relationships. This is why you got to figure out what happened in that last crazy relationship, because all you're going to do is what we call a recapitulation principle. Haven't I taught you all that? Right. If you don't change your model, you're going to end up you're going to end up purchasing purchasing from Amazon that same kind of doll. I'm just telling you how it works. You got to change your model. Or else you're going to get the same kind of doll. And, uh, and so Moses almost fell into that until Jethro came along. Let's look at point number two. This becomes extremely important. Let me see if I can make sure some of you sisters don't freeze to death. Um, yeah, I, I love that. I love that. The sister right behind you is just about frozen and you say, it's not cold. It's not cold. It's not cold. You not cold, because y'all all got your own different temperature gauges going on as a female. Y'all know this stuff, right? Right In the same place. I'm going to leave it alone. What I, I will say one more thing before I move to my second point that I love about this model of governance where um, Jethro gave him the wisdom. <clears throat> Jethro gave him the wisdom and insight. Notice what it says under point number two, the blessing of counsel to organize, Right. Uh, Moses' father-in-law said, the thing that you do is not good. You will surely wear away both you and this people that is with thee for this thing 
is too heavy for you. Do you see that? You are not able to perform it yourself alone. Jethro's right. Only God can do that. You agree with that? And what I stated to you was only God can do it, but he doesn't. Only God can govern everything in the universe down to the smallest microorganism. And he can control it by himself without our help if he wanted to. But before he made this world, he even made the angels who are without number that serve God in the maintenance of his glory and the universe. And on that note, we will close out today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand, the ministry of Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. If you have questions about our broadcast, maybe you would like to spend some time with us worshiping the Lord. We would love to see you. You can get all of that information and reach out to us through our website at grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Listen to past sermons as well as guest preachers. Again, at our website, grace-bible.com. We'll even let you have any of the notes, sermon notes, that are available from these sermons as well. Again, there's an awful lot of resource material available at our website, grace-bible.com. If you'd like to reach out to us by phone, our number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. Sunday services here at the church are at 1030. Friday evening Bible study is at 6.30, Tuesday prayer and Bible study again at 6.30, directions and information again at our website grace-bible.com or by calling 510-886-9782. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with this ministry as we reach out to the Bay Area and the world (laughs) on the World Wide Web? We do so because we are linking arms with other listeners such as yourself. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your gifts, no matter the size and no matter the volume, are great help as we continue this ministry called Way of Grace. Consider that as you reach out to us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.